Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MetaBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of hypertensive retinopathy found under the ophthalmology section at MetBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 58-year-old man is referred to as ophthalmologist for progressive visual loss. Medical history is remarkable for essential hypertension, for which he has been non-adherent to his antihypertensive medication, lisinopril. His systolic blood pressure has been in the 160s for the past six years. Slit lamp exam is notable for arterial narrowing, arteriovenous nicking, and silver wiring. Let's continue with an introduction to hypertensive retinopathy. As a reminder, this refers to an ocular manifestation of hypertension. In terms of the pathophysiology, hypertension damages the retinal vasculature. Remember that acute increases in blood pressure causes reversible retinal blood vessel vasoconstriction. Chronic blood pressure leads to endothelial damage, which leads to exudative vascular changes. In terms of the epidemiology, this is the most common ocular presentation of hypertension. Risk factors include hypertension, high salt diet, obesity, tobacco use, alcohol use, and a family history. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms will include decreased visual acuity. On exam, in acute hypertension, one may note flame-shaped hemorrhage, cotton wool spots, which represents foci of retinal ischemia, as well as yellow hard exudates and optic disc edema. In chronic hypertension, one may note arterial narrowing, arteriovenous nicking, and copper and silver wiring. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about diabetic retinopathy, with differentiating factors being that patients will present with poorly controlled diabetes. And in terms of the diagnosis, remember that this is clinically diagnosed. With regards to treatment, medical options include antihypertensive therapy. This is indicated as first-line treatment. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that patients are at increased risk for retinal artery occlusion, retinal vein occlusion, and retinal macroaneurysms. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to hypertensive retinopathy, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 57-year-old woman presents to the emergency room with complaints of severe headache, vomiting, neck stiffness, and chest pain that have developed over the last several hours. Her past medical history is notable for diabetes, hypertension, and dyslipidemia. Her temperature is 99 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.2 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 197 over 124. Pulse is 120 beats per minute. Respirations are 19 breaths per minute, and oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. Physical exam is significant for papilledema. Urinalysis reveals gross hematuria and proteinuria. Which of the following is the next best step in management for this patient? And the answer choices are Choice 1, Esmolol Choice 2, Hydralazine Choice 3, Lisinopril Choice 4, Nitroprusside Or Choice 5, Propranolol The best answer to this question is Choice 1, Esmolol This patient is suffering from a hypertensive emergency given her elevated blood pressure and signs of end-organ damage. Blood pressure should initially be lowered with a beta blocker such as Esmolol 
in the setting of the patient's tachycardia. A hypertensive emergency is defined as hypertension with concomitant signs and symptoms of end-organ damage, notably cardiovascular, renal, and neurologic disease. Symptoms may include headache, blurry vision, abdominal pain, confusion, weakness, chest pain, and dyspnea. The best initial step in management in a hypertensive emergency is administration of a beta blocker followed by a second antihypertensive medication. In general, a medication with beta blocking capability should be chosen first if the patient is tachycardic. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice two, hydralazine is a vasodilator with a less predictable response than other blood pressure medications. It could be given after a beta blocker, but is not preferred when compared to nitroprusside or nicardipine as a second agent. Choice three, lisinopril is an ACE inhibitor, which this patient should be on as a home medication given her diabetes and hypertension. It would not acutely be useful in a hypertensive emergency with rapid correction of blood pressure needed. Choice four, nitroprusside is a potent vasodilator that should be given after esmolol or labetalol has been given to avoid a reflex tachycardia. Choice five, propanolol is a beta blocker with the slower onset offset than esmolol and is not preferred initial beta blocker when compared to esmolol or labetalol. Finally, a bullet summary. The best initial step in management for a hypertensive emergency is administration of esmolol or labetalol followed by a vasodilator such as nitroprusside or nicardipine. That's all for this review about hypertensive retinopathy. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.